We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody. Sports Daily, Tuesday edition here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Max Power producing for us. Welcome in. We get ready now to close the chapter on the last week of the football week and move ahead to the next one. We'll do that with Dan Israel as far as the Kansas City Chiefs, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joining us top of hour number two. Uh, Tommy, how are you? Monday Night Football wasn't a wasn't as much of a dud as some of the primetime games we've seen, but it wasn't, you know, uh, a master class, as you've called it in football hey, by any means. It, if there is a petition going around nationally to keep the Broncos off primetime, oh I will sign it wholeheartedly right now. Give it to me. Where do I sign? I am in. And we got to get him on the on the Sunday morning game in a couple of weeks. Like, I we we must just not have noticed this when the schedules came out. But goodness gracious, like that's enough of any team that many times in the in the primetime spotlight or in the spotlight when they can. Um, Keep it to themselves. So Monday Night Football, the Chargers get the overtime win. It took a muff punt. Neither offense could get anything going. The Chargers move to 4-2. and two. They're certainly not clicking on all cylinders. Denver offensively, boy, it looked for a quarter like, oh, here it is. Here's what we thought could be coming with Russell Wilson. They looked really good in the first quarter, right? He started hot. Everything was clicking, and then it just... And then it just screeched to a halt and looked like it has looked um, all year long, quite frankly. And they now move to two and four, and they've got major problems despite having a really, really, really good defense. The Chargers survive, and that felt like a survival game. It felt like a survival game, to be fair, going into that game. It felt like a game they would need to just sort of survive for some reason, and that's exactly how it played out. wasn't the best matchup for them with the way Denver defends. But they get through it, and they get one more against Seattle before they get a bye. I think the Chargers are on the come. I don't think that was clearly not their best performance, and they and I don't think we've seen the best of them. But of those two teams, the Chargers feel like more real contenders. Denver just Denver's. I I, I don't know where they're going to find their offense because right now it's 
you know, Russ looks off and, and the coaching's not there. So I'm not sure what the answer for Denver is. The Chargers get the win. The AFC West clearly not as good as we thought it was going to be collectively coming into the season. Yeah, I even think that, that there's a an argument to be made that the Chargers should be a little bit more concerned about last night's game than the Broncos. I mean, we, we know who the Broncos are. We've seen it all season long throughout primetime. Russell Wilson is washed. Uh, Javante Williams is out. Uh, Melvin Gordon benched, didn't play. Um, Latavius Murray was the starting running back for Denver. Like we, Nathaniel Hackett, his game time decisions. Like th- there are absolutely, um, you know, major issues in Denver, right? And we know that the Chargers. I think the expectations are higher, and I get that. You know, they've had injuries on the defensive side. Um, it wasn't a great matchup for them overall. Um, but uh, you know, I you would have expected, I think the Chargers to roll over Denver last night. And they didn't do it. They struggled. They had a hard time getting into the end zone. Um, You know, Justin Herbert threw the ball 57 times, didn't have a touchdown pass, uh, which, by the way, I saw an odds boost on DraftKings. I took it. Did you really? For, For Justin Herbert to throw one touchdown, which he had done the last 30 games in a row, didn't do it. Like they're yeah. wizards in Vegas. They, I, I don't know how they do it. It's crazy. Uh, but ultimately, I feel like there's an argument to be made that even though the Chargers got the win and they're four and two, they should be a little bit more concerned than the Broncos are this morning. It's um, I I, I get it if you because you're you're writing the Broncos off, so I understand what you're saying. I I don't think Vegas was onto something with that boost, and I think that's what I mean by survival. It was such a, it was such a matchup issue. Everything about it felt weird going in. The line seemed too small. Like, all those things tell me, like, and I'm looking at BetQL. You know, BetQL liked the Broncos to cover in this game. And and I'm looking at all of that, and the line itself seemed too low. And that odds boost came out, and I'm like, boy, San, San Diego. The Chargers are going to struggle to throw the ball in this game. Like, everything's telling us. Like, all the, you know, analytics and things that go into that says they're going to struggle again. And, and it's because they don't have their full complement of receivers and all of these things. So I do feel like it was somewhat of a survival game for them. It just it just had to have been a bad matchup for them offensively, or we wouldn't have seen all those things happening with the betting lines and all, all of that different stuff. It's more concerning in the sense that, you know, we our expectations now for the Chargers are much, much higher than they are for the Broncos. I just can't shake... The fact that the Broncos' defense is as good as it is, right? And they still have, even with Javante Williams out, and you know Javante's my guy. Like, I'm a huge fan, and they're idiots for not using him more when he was healthy the last year and a half. But even with him out, they still have Judy and Sutton healthy. And, I, I like, something has got to click for them even if Russ has a bad shoulder and isn't himself, like they're they're too talented to not be able to figure something out or it will be a coaching catastrophe. Like you've got to be able to, you know, get something out of it. And Russell Wilson was asked after the game if there's division in the locker room. It was really interesting going into halftime. They had this camera shot, and I don't know if you saw this, but they had this camera shot of the of the Broncos walking into the locker room. And Russ is out there, you know, try, he, he was outside trying to talk to each guy and, you know, kind of pep everybody up. 
And man, a lot of those guys just didn't seem to have any interest in any of that. And they did look a little defeated. And I don't like that Russell Wilson, look, he's a cornball. I get it. But he's not a bad dude. Like, he's out there trying to, you know, be rah-rah whatever. But it just doesn't seem to be fitting or clicking or anything. It just seems so disjointed right now in Denver offensively. They're too good defensively, though, to just not do anything. I mean, they were in that game last night until a muffed punt. So it wasn't like they just got steamrolled. They haven't really been steamrolled in any game. I feel like they're just sort of pesky. That's what they're going to be. The question becomes, can they figure anything out offensively? And I, and I don't know the answer to that. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, certainly doesn't look good right now. And Russell Wilson apparently injured his hamstring as well late in that game last night. So, I mean, I don't think the immediate future is very bright. It's just, can, you know, can that really, really good defense kind of keep them hanging around long enough to, to see if they can't figure something out? I, it, it seems unlikely, but I don't want to totally write it off just yet. Yeah, I think six games into the season, the the shtick has worn off with Russell Wilson in Denver, and and you know he can have all of the catchphrases and you know be the rah rah guy and and try to motivate everybody and keep the fan base afloat and you know say Broncos country, let's ride multiple times. He can do that after every loss, but ultimately it comes down to the play on the field. And I get it, and I've heard this argument so many different times. Like it's a new system. It's a new coach, new receivers, new everything. Yeah, okay, I get it. I understand it's going to take time. But the Broncos have pumped so much money into him, he has to produce sooner rather than later. And it's just, it's not happening right now. We're not seeing... Uh, we're not seeing the Russell Wilson that I think that absolutely Denver expected to see when he came in to this franchise during the offseason. Uh, I did miss misspeak a little bit. I guess Melvin Gordon did play, but it was so forgettable. He had three carries for eight yards and then he was benched. Um, they've got so many different issues offensively right now. Melvin Gordon said after the game, he didn't know why he was benched and he felt like he could have contributed. Like there are some significant issues there offensively. And I have to wonder at this point, uh, could the Broncos potentially, and I'm not suggesting they will be, but could they potentially be sellers at the trade deadline? Um, you've got so much money wrapped up in mm. Russell Wilson. Maybe you start to unload some contracts so you can start to get some draft capital back and maybe start an overall rebuild. Uh, one guy that I look at that, you know, I, I think he's an incredibly talented guy, but I don't think he fits anymore in Denver. And I think that he could fit better elsewhere is Jerry Judy. And, you know, I think that he could get a fresh start somewhere else. He could be a top five receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. He's not going to be that way with Russell Wilson. It's not going to happen uh, in Denver. He was the leading receiver last night, but he only had three catches. And I feel like he could be utilized significantly better. And you could probably get a pretty decent return as far as draft picks and things like that if you're the Broncos. So that that's one thing that I think that maybe could happen leading up to the trade deadline. You're two and four. There, there are no signs of life offensively. Your defense is, is solid, but you need a, a complete overhaul outside of the quarterback position. Uh, you can't overhaul the quarterback position, but you need a complete overhaul outside of that if you're Denver, if you want a chance to try to compete and contend next season and beyond. I, um, hmm. I don't know if they're going to make trades now because they are all in. I mean, I think it's more likely that 
a an immediate coaching change comes they're they're committed they're pot committed to russell wilson i don't even know who their backup exactly. is right now yep. so it doesn't make a ton of sense to trade guys to me because I, you're all you're going to be stuck with Russ for a while right like so you're not gonna it's not like they can trade these guys and then build back for the immediate future because the immediate future will have Russell Wilson under center they're just they're committed financially to doing that so I feel like it would be more likely that they would like make a coaching change or a play caller change or something to that degree first to see if this you know works out they're trying to build a new stadium. They're trying to do all of these things. I mean, Denver right now is a really interesting football place. They just changed ownership. They made this bold move for a reason, and it's not working. I don't think they can realistically punt on it yet. I think there's a better chance that, you know, coaching changes of some sort happen. And look, if the thing, too, if you're the Broncos right now, if Russ has a bum shoulder and now a a, a, a injured hamstring you gotta sit him down and I know he's not going to want to do that because he feels this pressure obviously he's not going to want to do that but at some point you you can't give him a choice like we got to get you healthy right now and he made some throws last night that made us that throw with a dude in his face where and he underthrew him because he but he literally had a guy on top of him that's like the old arm strength the Russ we're used to seeing on a deep ball and I and I just can't figure it out like I cannot figure out what is happening and why it's happening because we've seen good Russ relatively recently. It feels like a long time. It hasn't been that long. If he really is hurt and that's the issue, you've got to sit him down. If it's something else, I don't know what you can do. I don't think that though they'll start to trade pieces away because I think they have too much invested in this to work now. And unfortunately for them, you're kind of stuck. Like you don't really have a lot of options other than to get it turned around. So it's it's interesting times in Denver. Certainly not as good as anybody thought they would. I mean, you may not have believed in Russ, but two and four and to look this bad offensively, that that, that would have been a stretch. Defensively, though, they are really dang good. And the good. Chargers, you know, the Chargers are probably not as good defensively as they might be later. Man, I feel like the Chargers have their own coaching issues, though. Like, the, the offensive line was getting torched last night. They really, outside of, you know, short passes late to Austin Eckler, had zero creativity going offensively. I don't care how good Sertan is, and he's outstanding. you got to take shots to Mike Williams. When you don't have Keenan Allen, like, you got to take— Austin Eckler had 16 targets. 16. Josh Palmer had 12. Okay. Mike Williams had six. Like at some point, I don't care how good that corner is. You got to let your guy try to make some plays. And they didn't do that at all with Mike Williams last night. Um, they, they've got their own coaching issues. Because I'm going to tell you, as somebody who follows them closely, and I do. They, going back to last year even. They got some real coaching issues. Like, they have no creativity on that team. And they are way too talented to not have creativity. Now, they're 4-2, and two, and I think they are going to get better. Justin Herbert threw it 57 times last night. 57 times. He had opportunities to throw the ball. Mike Williams had six targets. 
I mean, that's bad coaching. That's bad yeah, coaching. The, there, there's issues with that, you know, without a doubt. And how different, it, it's crazy to me that the Kansas City Chiefs are 4-2 and two, and the Los Angeles Chargers are 4-2. and two, And those 4-2 and two records seem miles apart. Like well, miles remember, apart. Like, remember how close the Chargers were to beating the Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs escaped with that yeah. win. Escaped. Yeah, they, they did. And, you know, but since that time, um, and I know that Herbert has battled that rib injury and they've been, you know, decimated defensively uh, with injuries. And, you know, Joey Bosa is out right now. Um, I'm concerned about J.C. Jackson was benched at halftime um, yeah. and he was supposed to be this impact player. You know, the, the offseason acquisition, him along with Khalil Mack uh, with the Chargers. And, and that really hasn't panned out for Jackson. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to me when you watch this offense, because, you know, we, we, we know about Brandon Staley. We know his credentials. He's a defensive guy. That's that's what he brought to the table. Um, but then you you watch this offense just kind of languish uh, a little bit i mean they're outside of the the short plays outside of all the targets to austin eckler there was nothing and i get it you know respect to the denver secondary you know that when you don't have keenan allen opposite of mike williams you can put all the attention on mike williams i i I understand that but at the same time two catches 17 yards and i've watched mike williams game in and game out absolutely torch defenses he can do it he can do it when he's given the opportunity and he wasn't given the opportunity. So there are some significant play calling issues and I don't know. Uh, and you follow the chargers closer than I do. I don't even know who their offensive coordinator is. Um, but I would imagine Brandon Staley, you know, he's focused on the defense. He's a defensive guy, but you've got to let your offensive coordinator have a little bit more freedom. When you've got a quarterback, the talent of Justin Herbert, you got to let him roll a little bit. You got to let him, you know, you got to be creative. You got to get some of these, you know, these receivers that can stretch the field, get them open and give them an opportunity to go out and put points on the board. And they didn't do that last night. It's Joe Lombardi and the jury's still out on him as a play caller. Um, there were skeptics. I, I know after they looked pretty explosive offensively there, there were skeptics on, on him in that position. So I'm not sure. And we'll find out against Seattle, you know, that that's a good opportunity for them to kind of flex a little bit and they need to get Keenan Allen back. I suspect with the chargers, they go, they play Seattle at home and then get the bye. I suspect with them coming out of that bye week, they may have their hair on fire just a little bit if they can get healthier. They got to get Keenan Allen back. I mean, that's that's you know, that's Herbert's boy. Um, and then defensively, they've got to find it a little bit. And I just like to back to last year with them. You're like, eh, this doesn't seem like like I can't picture. Brandon Staley leading them to the promised land. You know, like I, I, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. I don't know. Hey, uh, the, but, the other uh, thing yeah, that Herbert the other thing I'll 57 times. God bless the the only other thing I'll say about the Chargers is that they had an opportunity last night. And I know the matchup wasn't great against Denver's defense, but they had an opportunity in front of a national audience in primetime. After we watched the Bills and the Chiefs, they had an opportunity to boat race the Broncos and be in the conversation alongside Buffalo and Kansas city as the top teams in the AFC. They didn't do it. They couldn't do it. Uh, th- there are issues on both sides of the ball. And that goes back to what I said before there, there might be four and two, but their four and two looks significantly different than Kansas city's four and two and crazy different than Buffalo's five and one. 
Yeah, I will say, though, again, remember, when they played the Chiefs healthier, the Chiefs escaped. Don't overlook the Chargers. The Raiders are not as good as we thought they were, and I don't know what's going to happen with Devontae Adams. We still haven't heard, right? We haven't heard from the league on that. Um, But the Broncos aren't there. I will say this. I don't think anybody's going to boat race the Broncos. Like, I don't think... I don't think there's a team in the NFL that will do that outside of maybe Buffalo. I don't think Kansas City's going to boat race the Broncos because they're too good defensively to get boat raced. Now, they might lose by, you know, 14, 17 points over the entirety of a game, but I, their defense is so good. And and I I, I don't think they're, they're – they're different bad than – I don't know who's, who's a really bad team. They're a different bad than Washington. Eh, maybe not that different. They're not one of the worst teams in football. They're just not going to be a contender. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. The Chargers, they're, they do feel like they're in survival mode. And again, like, I think we should have expected that last night when we saw literally the Vegas begging us to bet the Chargers, like begging us to bet the Chargers and Herbert to do this stuff. Like, please take these bets. They seem so obvious, right? Like, it was, it was a bad matchup. I'm very interested to see them against Seattle. That's an opportunity because Seattle can score, right? Seattle's been a really nice story. And by the way, with Seattle, and this is a tangent, but I've thought about this and I really thought about it this past week. I don't know that we give Pete Carroll enough credit for being one of the all-time great coaches because I think there's a really good chance that that's what he is. The, The fact that they're relevant this year when they so clearly after the offseason and their fire sale and, and everything that went in looked like they were going to be the worst team in football this year, they've done this before. Think about it right now for Pete Carroll. Remember, was it Tavares Jackson that led them to the playoffs that year? They were either right at 500 or a game under 500, right? Yeah, it was right before and then the Ru- Russell Wilson era started. And then Russell Wilson and now Geno Smith. We don't give Pete Carroll enough credit for the job he's done in Seattle, in my opinion. Like, I think, like, one of the all-timers here, based on yeah. the track record that he's had. I, I cannot believe that they're 3-3. Three and three. I, I, I will be completely honest with you. I'm, I've never been a Pete Carroll fan, necessarily. He annoys me on the sideline, chomping that gum and jumping up and down. Uh, he's got more energy than, than I do, and I'm 40 years younger than he is. Uh, I've never been a huge Pete Carroll guy. That being said, uh, he had a prime opportunity to leave the Seahawks this offseason, to say, look, my job here is done. I did what I needed to do, but with everybody else leaving, Russell Wilson you know, leaving, I'm going to ride off into the sunset. I, I can retire. He stuck around, and I was at the time I was kind of like, man, like I, I don't know. Like You really want to – you're 71 years old or whatever. You're the oldest coach in the NFL. Do you really want to oversee a rebuild? Here he is. Here he is, and, and, and the Seahawks are relevant. I don't know well, what it is about him. I don't know, I, but it works. He's a good coach. I mean, that's what it is. Like, good coach is coach, right? We're, we've seen this with Belichick. Belichick's out there winning with his third-string quarterback. Like, he, they, they just, they're, they're just good at it. Andy Reid is good at it. Now, Andy Reid has had better quarterbacks probably uh, to, to his aid. But, like, the, the great ones, it just doesn't matter. And it's so crazy in the NFL, as tight as it is, how those guys continuously win games. But think about this, too, in Seattle. Like, yeah, they're rebuilding – but, I mean, 
they're, I don't know. Are they? Because they're, they look better. They just beat the Cardinals. Yeah, true. true. Like they, it might like not be a rebuild. Might, it might be a rebuild, but they accidentally are good anyway. They didn't trade Metcalf and Lockett, which we all were like shaking our heads at. Like, what are you doing? Why would you even hang on to those guys? They give it off to Kenneth Walker, who was a Doak Walker award winner, if I, I believe. Like, here they go. Seattle, they're, they're, that game with the Chargers next week is sneaky. One of my favorite games of the week. I think it could be really, really entertaining. Um, all right, so we talk about Tommy brought up his Jerry Judy a trade candidate. We've talked about some of the Panthers. What's really interesting today, because apparently the Chiefs have restructured Travis Kelsey's deal. Coincidence? I don't know. We'll talk about it next on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH rolling right through a Tuesday. Dan Israel coming up at the top of the second hour to talk a little Chiefs with us, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. Uh, Interesting report today from Field Yates of ESPN reporting this morning that the Chiefs have restructured tight end Travis Kelsey's deal. It would convert his base salary into a signing bonus and free up about $3.5 million in cap space this year. Um the Chiefs didn't have much cap space before that. This is certainly significant to potentially, I think, Tommy, you do this with the anticipation and the expectation of a trade acquisition, right? Like, why else would you do this? They're, they're going to go after somebody in a trade, I would think now. Yeah, they only had $200,000 in cap room. Uh, before this restructured contract. So they were barely like hanging on when it came to available space uh, with the cap. So this does free up uh, some room and and it's not necessarily just trade candidates, right? It's like, if you want to sign somebody from the practice squad, you got to pay him. 
you know, and if you only have $200,000 in cap room, that's not really allowing you to do a whole lot. Um, but that being said, this does free up some significant money if they do want to try to go and pursue somebody. And, um, of course, you know, and you're always going to get this social media running wild with suggestions and, you know, people that, you know, fans think, Oh, we could go out and trade for this guy. We could go sign this guy. Um, are those thoughts realistic? I mean, maybe, but I think there are some, some pressing needs. If they do want to go after a trade candidate, I think there are some pressing needs that they can look at. And therein lies the point of our conversation today. If you, <laughs> Tommy, uh, had Veach's cap on, and you needed to identify what you wanted to go after and a trade acquisition, and we'll just assume that somebody exists at every position, right, for this first part of this discussion. There is a player that exists at every single position in football. What position right now do you think the Chiefs could acquire to help them the most? Somebody that can help them with the pass rush. That is 100% where I go. Um, and, and, you know, look, it, it's not, not super flashy. Uh, you know, I guess it's flashier than if you were to, to trade for alignment or something, but it's not a skill player. It's, you're not going and getting Christian McCaffrey, you know, you're not going and trading for, I don't know, Kenny Galladay. I've seen that name out there on the trading block. Um, th- there are, you know, I don't know. There are other people that are out there that are skill players. Um, but ultimately if you're Kansas city, you gotta get some help on the pass rush. I agree. I think that would be top priority. I also think that's the hardest position to acquire. So I'm not sure that that guy will be out there. Um, that would be the only problem with that. And and you'll have to really, if there's a if there's a high quality pass rusher out there, I'll be surprised. But if there is, I agree with you. A corner is probably slightly easier to find. However, do we feel, and I guess when you evaluate that position, it's do you think there's enough guys there currently that when healthy, you'd be okay in the secondary? Um, the secondary hasn't been very good, but I, I, like I really want to see McDuffie get back and then put everybody into their more natural positions. I think that's the other spot you think about, and I think wide receiver. Now, Kenny Galladay, no, absolutely not. He's expensive, and he's never really been that good anyway. There are a lot of receipts. You mentioned Jerry Judy. If Jerry Judy became available, and I know it's the Broncos, I'd go after him tomorrow. I don't I don't think they're going to do that. DJ Moore is the interesting one because DJ Moore is really, really good, and, he's, and that's been despite. Now, he has been quiet this year, but Baker Mayfield may be the, quarter, the league's worst quarterback so far this year too. I mean, he's looked awful. He's always had an awful quarterback. He's really good and has a high pedigree. That that would be a guy I'd be interested in, too. Not Christian McCaffrey. The Chiefs don't need that. They have a combination of guys that sort of make that up, and they just don't run it enough anyway to justify that sort of investment. But a guy like DJ Moore, and th- that, that I would be interested in. I would absolutely attack that because he is what they need. He is a guy that could become a go-to, a true number one, different kind of player, certainly than Tyree Kill. Uh, but I do think that they, they I, I mean, obviously they still need that. Now, Juju gave them some quality reps, but he's still, you know, five targets. Like they need, they need somebody to lessen Travis Kelsey's load, quite honestly, 
and then Kelsey becomes even more lethal than he already is. But I'd be interested in that too. So defensive line, then probably corner, then probably receiver would be how I would power rank the positions of need. Now, we I listed a specific guy there. That's the that's the positions of need. Now the now the question becomes the reality of who's available, I suppose. Because you may want a defensive lineman more than anything, but if there aren't any available that make it worth your time, then it's not worth your time. Yeah, and, and look, I um I think we can go ahead and put it to bed right now. The Chiefs are not going out and getting Christian McCaffrey. It's it's not going to happen. That doesn't make and any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And I I saw, uh, I mean, there was a lot of speculation that uh, the loser of the Bills and Chiefs game would be the most likely candidate to go out and try to trade for Christian McCaffrey. It ain't happening. It's not happening. The, the haul that you would have to give up to get Christian McCaffrey for Kansas City does not it's not worth it. It doesn't make sense. And with the injuries that Christian McCaffrey has sustained throughout his career, I actually doesn't, don't know how expensive. How expensive do you think Christian McCaffrey, as far as trade value, is? Because I'm not I think, sure it's so high with his contract. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think, think you the, could get him. The for Panthers a are going to want. The Panthers Man, are going to want a first. They're going to. I mean, they're going to ask. They're for not going right? to get a first. I don't think for a running back. No, you don't. No, teams, teams. Brees Hall, who is a transcendent prospect, who looks like. The next coming here this year didn't even get a first-round pick. I don't think running backs are going to ever bring a first-round pick because teams don't even really draft them in the first round anymore. But I also now, don't think I also don't think that there is a uh, a scenario where the Chiefs go out and and try to trade for a high-impact wide receiver. I just don't see that happening. Um, now maybe they get somebody that they don't have to give up a whole lot for. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen a couple names out there potentially on the trade block. Chase Claypool is a name that I've seen out there yeah, as no. somebody that the Steelers might try to trade. I don't, but again, I don't think that's a priority. I really don't. I, I don't think that Brett Beach goes out and does what he did in the offseason to get Juju and MBS and draft Sky Moore to, you know, six games into the season, decide to trade for somebody else. I just don't see that happening. Well, Odell Beckham's also would like to enter the chat because he doesn't cost you anything but money. And maybe it's maybe we're overthinking this, and maybe I they think just that's more likely than maybe they just for a wide receiver, right? Maybe they're just freeing up money to just say, "All right, Odell, fine, we'll pay you two million. Come on," because Odell would be an interesting fit, right? Like we, his expectations would be moderately low, and he fits the mold of what the Chiefs have done in years past with guys like Josh Gordon, um, try to sort of throw a dart at a, you know, at a talented guy who may not be what he once was, but could still help them, but. The only reason I bring up a name like D and 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 on on McCaffrey, look if Andy Reid identifies McCaffrey as a guy he can use, I I don't I don't see it. But if that happens, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, that was a bad decision, unless it cost him a lot, which I don't I just don't think it would because of his contract and and the fact that he plays running back. But if they if the Chiefs sit there and identify him as a guy they want to get to fit into that offense, I'm not going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that because now they have one of the more talented offensive players that they can use whatever way they decide to use it. See, I would. I would. I, I would disagree with that because of, you know, what the what the draft capital you're giving up potentially might get him, look like. What if you get him for a third? And then, and then the, the, the risk comes in the money that you take on with his contract. Because but, I, but you have— I don't know. You have so if you're if you're Brett Veach, you have so much money wrapped up in, in Patrick Mahomes and you know and, and Travis Kelsey. And I know that they've restructured their contracts and things like that, but you've got a lot of money tied up in them. So the strategy for Brett Veach has been 
you pay those guys and then you draft well and you go sign free agents that aren't going to cost you a lot of money. Like that's kind of the strategy with Kansas City and what Brett Beach has done, and it's been really successful. You don't yeah. give up a lot of your draft picks to go get a Christian McCaffrey. That's not the strategy. That's not the way that I'm Brett just Beach looking is at operating. His contract. He he will maintain until 2025. He'll maintain a pretty healthy cap hit if he were cut. So there is plenty of risk. Whoever takes on Christian McCaffrey, honestly, for me. Like I don't think the I don't think the Panthers are gonna ask for more than a third, maybe no. a second, and, because of the contract yeah. that has to be taken on. So the and risk I just don't comes there I, for him. Right. I just don't understand how we've watched Kansas City's defense get carved up the last two right. weeks against the Raiders and the Bills. And yet everybody's talking about Christian McCaffrey and a wide receiver. Like because that's the not the stink. world that we're that's in right why. now. I know. And and look, that doesn't mean that's what the Chiefs are thinking just because people connect the dots and we all were like, well, oh, my God, what if you put Christian McCaffrey on that offense? Well, yeah, that would probably be really cool. Is it worth the risk of his contract? I don't think so, but I don't, you know. Veach has taken a lot of risks with contracts. Frank Clark was a big risk, I thought, when they traded a whole lot to get him. Orlando Brown was a big risk because they knew he wanted to get paid. Like, Veach is not scared of a contract. He and he is a wizard in maneuvering that stuff. So I'm not going to throw, you know, totally say it's not possible because they do that type of thing all the time. I just don't know that they even feel like it's that big a need. I think it's more likely they would go after a big time receiver to sort of become their new number one, right? Than it is a running back. And I do think there's value in that, in a guy like DJ Moore or a really talented player that's been stuck somewhere. Or they simplify, say, Odell Beckham. Or they do what we think they should do and try and bolster up that defense just a little bit. I, I do. I agree with you. That's, that's the way to go. It's just not as obvious, I don't think, right now, what guys are out there that can do that. And that's why we're probably not hearing those. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a headline name, right? There's probably defensive players out there that we're not thinking about or even know about yet because they're just not headline guys. That seems like the better option. Who knows? I don't think they're restructuring Travis. Bottom line, they don't restructure that deal unless they have anticipation of adding this year, right? I mean, that that seems simple. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, I, ju I just think that as... You look at what this team has. We talked about it yesterday. Are there flaws? Are there fatal flaws for this Kansas City team? And if you're if you're prepping up for a playoff run and a deep playoff run at that, you've got to get some help defensively. That's got to be priority one. I agree with you. A pass rush and secondary help. That if Brett Beach is looking at anybody, that's what you got to look for. Yeah, and they got to be there too. Like those guys have to be available. Don't just go trade for a another dud. Like don't add depth for no reason. Like if there's nobody there, just save the money and, and do something else. Get better in any way that you can would be the priority. Boy, it feels like Mother Nature really bailed them out. Uh, they get rained out last night. The Yankees can switch to Nestor Cortez to start this game five, the decider. And the Guardians deciding not to go to Shane Bieber on three days rest, but stick with Savale. And he has not been amazing. This feels like a major break. Major break in the Bronx, Tommy. Can I just say, I'm going to go off on Rob Manfred here for a second. Terrible. You, I, I understand you've got rain. I understand you have to postpone the game. 
but you have a winner take all game five in the in the ALDS that you're playing at 307 on a Tuesday afternoon. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I understand that the, the Phillies and the Padres are playing. I, I get all of that, but come on, like it's the Yankees in a deciding game five and you're playing it at three o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. I don't understand. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, they got to get it in today. And I think that they're trying to allow for travel, right? Because whoever, whoever wins has to go to Houston. Don't they, they can't push it back three or four more hours. And well, but they've got They've got to get to Houston to play tomorrow. I think that's the problem. It's a travel issue. The ALCS is set in stone to start tomorrow. So they're trying to get it done early enough to get people on a plane with a reasonable amount of travel time and rest. I, I get it. I think it's honestly, I think it's just a logistical thing. I, I understand it, and I don't think they have much of a choice. Because if you play a primetime game, let's say you play a primetime game and it goes extra innings. Now your game, your game out on the East Coast isn't done until, I don't know, 11 o'clock. At night, you're not getting on a plane till midnight, and you got to turn around and play again tomorrow. That's a, that's pretty tough. I mean, they don't do that very often in the regular season. They're you know you have getaway days, right? I, I think their hands were tied here, just in the sense that they've got to get the ALCS started tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I understand all of that. I just think it's a shame that you've got a winner take all game five that you're playing in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday. Totally. It's a shame. It's and a I shame. get it. I you you can't yeah. you can't predict the weather like it is what it is. Um but I do I do agree with you going back to the actual game. This seems to benefit the Yankees, you know, quite a bit more. And I you mentioned them pitching Nestor Cortez. That's a big uh advantage for the Yankees in this game 5, but also the fact that their bullpen gets another day's rest and this is this is big for them. You know, New York's uh, top relief arms they have worked a lot in the last few days. So they get a chance to just sort of rest a little bit another day uh, to, to, to not have to worry about it. So I think from, from that perspective too, uh, this absolutely benefits the Yankees better than it benefits the guardians. It does. And the guardians are, you know, they're not, they're, they're rolling the dice a little bit. Bieber going on three days would, maybe be okay. I don't know how many times he's done that over his career. Man, I love Shane Bieber. Love Shane I kind of think you have to do that if you're the Guardians. Like, I, I understand well, that they're going to roll the... I mean, they're going to roll the dice a little bit, but, I mean, you, it's a winner-take-all. Like, your season rests on this game. Maybe you yeah. do throw Bieber on three days rest. You roll the dice a little bit, though, because if you can't win it, then you get Bieber game one, and you're really set up nicely against the Astros. So I, you might I not ever see it. a game one against the Astros, I know, though, if I you know. don't pitch him. You know? I know. Like, and, it, and it really comes down to, I, and I, do, I would have to look it up. I, I don't know Bieber's history with three days rest if he's ever done it. I know that he is coming off of shoulder injury, so I don't know that I would do it. But, man, I would have the quickest hook ever. So for Savali, I, I mean, this seems like you go like a bullpen game type of thing here because he's at, he had almost a five ERA this year. Um, I, I don't know that he's going to go a long way anyway. Doesn't look like he's pitched. Um, Cleveland's bullpen is pretty well rested also right now. So I would yeah, imagine I, that. I, I, I think it's going to be a bullpen game like Savali will probably yeah. go an inning two, three. I don't think he'll go more than like three innings and then you turn it over. And I'm actually OK with that. Um, cause again, like 
we can we can find Bieber on three days rest, but three days rest coming off of a shoulder injury, like all the things. And, you know, I, I get it. And, and Francona, you know, Francona's been here a billion times. So you got to kind of trust him just a little bit, too. It may blow up in their face. The Yankees could crush Savali all on the table. And, man, I don't like the Yankees, but how do you not like Nestor Cortez? Uh, he gets this big spot for them. This all sets yeah. up well for the Astros, which really just annoys me. God, I hate the Astros. (laughs) I'm not a Yankees fan either, but after watching Josh Naylor's home run celebration the other day, (laughs) he's a a psychopath. And uh, from that perspective, I'm like, all right, I guess go Yankees. It doesn't even even make sense either. I I don't hate it. It reminds me of, and it's funny that it's the Guardians because it reminds me of the Major League movies. Oh, yeah. Remember when they bring in the Japanese player that's just like it totally lost his mind? That's what Naylor reminds me of. <laughs> like, what is this guy doing? So what a there's, psychopath. There's a, there's a small part of me that it would be awesome if he was on your team acting because you could totally get behind it and on board with it, right? But the rest of us are like, what is his problem? Like, what, what is he talking about? Like, <laughs> cradling a baby right and like, <laughs> where, where is this going here? Uh, but yeah, it felt like we were watching the Major League movies for sure after he hit that home run. All right, we'll come back. Dan Israel, Chiefs Radio Network executive producer, plenty to talk about with the Chiefs. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. and Tom Mornings and great sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.